All right. Hello and welcome to the High Tides Podcast. I am the scuba diver for this week. And joined with me today is the resident swimmer, morphling, and arc warden spammer. You hate to see it, Justin. How are you doing yes, today, hi. Justin? Hi. <laughs> uh, well, I'm doing good. It, it, it's a good day, but I've been losing a lot of my rank games lately, so it's kind of put me a bit down in the dumpsters, but can't complain too much. <clears throat> all right, all right. Well, you know, I mean, let's just get right into it, I guess. Solo queue has been pretty hard for you. Oh, it's been terrible. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's just that the patch is not matching to your heroes? Do you think it's like a psychological thing? I think it's a couple of things. I think one is the fact that it's been a while since I've played ranked. So probably because I haven't dabbled in the rank, in the pool of ranked Dota in a while, I've probably lost a bit of my, my edge. So I think that's one reason, the fact that I'm just probably not as good as I was before. But I think the other reason is is the new changes, that are, they're not new, but the old changes that have occurred since I last played rank, mainly being the, the random banding that occurs. So as as Iger mentioned, um, I, I spam a lot of Morphe and Arc Wardens, and they're kind of my staples that help me win a lot of my rank games. And because there's, at the beginning of every game, they ban random heroes from each person's player pool, it doesn't take much to kind of really neglect a lot of my a lot of my potency when it comes to Dota, right? Like they ban like for example if games are a ban of Morphine Arc Warden right off the bat, well now throwing into heroes that are uncomfortable. But it but it even goes beyond that. Like I'll pull up one of my one of my recent games. Like one of my recent games I played, we, we ran a Venom mid, right? Against so we had a very untraditional lineup. And and then they had a very traditional lineup, so so we just got destroyed, right? Because we had a we had a terrible matchup. Another game we had we had a, we had good hero picks, but they just countered us hard, right? So like we had a drown, they had spear breakers and and slarks and other things that can kind of jump on our drown. So we lost that as well. So I don't know. Like I, I think I think obviously at the end of the day, it's it's me, right? Like there's things I can do to do better, but it's just the low caliber of games I'm being queued into is hurting me. <clears throat> Uh, you do ranked uh, Q, right? You, I mean, not ranked. I mean, uh, what is it called? The he, role, the role, role selection, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I do do that. And at first, I would only do mid and safe lane because that's that's where I'm good at, right? But then my queues would be eight minutes, ten minutes long. And it was just it was just annoying. So I started throwing in support roles as well. And of course, I always get matched supports to play a support. And so, so you know, maybe that plays... A, you know, plays a factor as well. The fact that I'm playing atypical roles for my comfort, but still, it's not solving our our drafting with our course picking these ridiculous heroes, thinking that they're good. Uh, what about offlane? Do you queue offlane at all or no? <laughs> That's the one role I don't queue. <laughs> Have you thought no. about unselecting that and just going back to like the regular matchmaking? The one that there's no role selection. Ah, uh, actually. Yeah, so just do a classic, classic pick. I don't know. Like the issue of that is, like the reason I like ranked or role queuing is the fact that you avoid that classic conundrum where two people want to play mid, one person obviously gets mid, the other one doesn't. So the person that doesn't get their ideal lane or their mid, they 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 just grief the game, right? Mm-hmm. And that that plagued ranked games for so long. Um, that's true. That's so. True. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like you're right. You, you could try that, but now you're just you're basically rolling the dice essentially, and you're gonna and you're still gonna be fighting over those popular positions, which are the core positions. It's just now you don't have that little like mid, mid position or safe lane position under your icon to kind of back up what you're supposed to be playing in the game. And, I guess last question about this whole queuing thing. Well, two questions. Second, last one is: Do you use voice chat a lot when you're solo queuing? I don't. And when I did my last rank climb three, three, four years ago, um, I did use voice chat, and it, it does make a, f- a big difference, particularly in the lower, lower rank games where people kind of need that coordination to come from someone that actually know or maybe has a bit more experience playing the game. Um, but I haven't been doing that lately. So yeah, that that, that is kind of one of the things I've I thought about that I can do to maybe help get myself out of this little trough of negative MMRs to start using my voice again. Okay, because the last question I was gonna ask is, and I know the answer already is, uh, when you queue up, right? It's more of like today's, I'm gonna play ranked solo queue, 
and you just go straight into it, right? You don't kind of like have practice matches or things like that, like yeah, you know, like yeah, warm ups and stuff. Yeah, no, there, there's no war, there's no warm ups for me. I'll, I'll just queue right into it. Because <laughs> yeah, for yeah. me personally, whenever I queue up for ranked, I have to be in a really good mood. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if I wake up wrong or I'm not feeling very well, I'm not gonna queue up for ranked. Uh, but if I'm really in the mood for Dota, that's really the only time I do solo queue, right? Because other times I would just play with you guys. Yeah, so, definitely. And, and that brings up a good point about mentality. Like everyone says Dota is such a mental game, and I think a lot of people really don't understand what that means, or 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 how significant that that truly does play. For for example, back when I would first play a lot of ranked Dota, so back when I was starting out way long ago. Um, you go on a losing streak and then you fall into this mentality about, oh, you know, I'm just going to play one more. I'll, I'll win back my MMR and you'll lose that game. You'll be, oh, you know, I'll, I'll play one more. I got to I gotta win back my MMR. And and that mentality is really what I think drives a lot of people into these kind of spiraling losses of MMR game after game after game. And it's for me, so like I said, I, I'm in a loss. So usually after I've lost my second or third game of the day, in ranked, I'll, I'll just stop playing. I'll be like, you know what? I'm not in the mood anymore. I don't. This game's stupid. I don't. <laughs> I, you know, I'll just, I'll just walk away from the game and, and do and do something else, and I'll, I'll try again later. But I, I think it's recognizing that is an important factor and being able to kind of mentally restrain yourself from just chasing that almost gambling like addiction where you're you're just trying to chase that MMR number. Yeah, like like I said, for me, usually just one game, unless it was a really close game and was really back and forth. If I lose a ranked game, I just stop altogether because yeah. I'm in a really bad mood. I also only play support because I'm pretty sure, like, you know, I, I think I'm Divine 3 now or something. I'm not Divine 3. <laughs> Whenever, I don't know if that's the common imposter syndrome or something that you feel, but I never feel like I'm that good, especially because most of my games are with you guys, right? And the overall yeah. MMR is just not where it is. So I'm really scared to play like mid or safe lane because if it's yeah. an actual person who spams solo queue, I'm probably not going to be as good at them unless I'm in like my very comfortable heroes. That's why I only pick CM or like Lich whenever I play. Yeah, solo I, I pick a lot of line when I do support in um ranked and just just because again like CM or like lich they're they're just these classic lines just these classic is a classic support hero where they it offers some stuns so lockdown and offers a big nuke and really if i had any advice to people that are out there trying to climb the rank ladder at the end of the day stuns is what wins the games because because un- rank games without parties um they're very uncoordinated right games go long people aren't as coordinated it comes like individual skill plays a lot bigger of a factor than your team's overall coordination for the most mm-hmm. part right so if you if you can lock down or provide lockdown for your team then that can have a big impact on one opponent play like players play in a team fight so really at the end of the day i think stuns is what win games when it comes down to solo queuing and ranked <clears throat> yeah oh i just Remember, because you said that do you do the whole strict solo queue or not really? Because if you solo queue, there's a chance you go against a duo queue. Uh, so like a party of two. But there's an option to make it only strict solo queue. People. Oh, I, re- I remember that. Yeah, I, I assume I'm probably strictly only solo solo queues. Okay. So I'll only get matched with other people in solo queues. Um, and, and yeah, basically for that exact reason. Um, that I kind of outlined is that at the end of the day, like when you queue with, like for example, when I queue with with my friends and, and you guys in a ranked game, which is rare, but when it does happen, we tend to win those games much easier um, than just me playing solo. So it, it comes out back to adding that coordination. You have a bit more coordination, a bit more trust in what the other your teammates are doing because you you know them a bit better, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. I I won't spend too much time on it. You know my opinion on Lion. <laughs> I don't think I know, Lion's I know that you're... good of a hero, <laughs> but uh, I think I I think for you, you think Lion is easy to play because you have your stuns, you have your hex, and it's fairly instant, so you can always contribute. But I think there's so many windows of mistakes with Lion, especially before you hit level twelve. If you misuse your ulti, you're kind of useless for like three minutes. How I feel, and it feels really bad. Whereas for CM and for Lich, it's really hard to mess up using your Chain Frost or your your uh, Crystal Field or whatever it's called. 
Yeah. And even if you do mess it up, it's not that long of a cooldown. Usually by the next team fight, you'll have it. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about picking up Marana and trying to play Marana as a support. Um, just again, because of her ultimate that adds that invisibility. Because when you're when you're solo queuing and the enemy team and your team doesn't have that coordination, invisibility is another kind of strong factor in the game that can really help you. That's why you see rookies tend to pop off a bit more in these ranked games when it's solo queuing. Yeah, the only thing with Mirana is make sure the offlaner that you're playing with has highlighted at least that they're gonna pick someone who can stun. It's so bad when you just try to go for blind arrows. It's so much yeah, easier to just like. Was- you know, have a Slardar yeah, no who will stun for you or something. Or a Bane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had that in one of my ranked games with the Bane Marana setup. Yeah, that was disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Not much in the world of Dota. I'm still waiting for the patch. I'm sure there will be a patch before TI. It's almost yeah. impossible. It's October. August is right around the corner. It's October. Right. TI is October. How can they not have a oh, patch did, for Oh, did like... they move it to October? Sorry, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, I, I was assuming it was in August, like previous years but no okay you're right if it's in october then i would expect some sort of patch um, yeah the, the yeah. thing is though there's no tournaments right now so that's like the best time to release a patch right are, are, are the qualifiers ti qualifiers done yeah all of the qualifiers are done uh okay. you can take a look at all the qualifying teams as well i'll send you a link to it yeah i know og made it through the eu which is yeah. kind of the, the one that was had the most attention, in my opinion. Everyone else, all the other regions were almost cut and dry, I would assume. But yeah, let me let me put this link. I'm interested. I'm interested to see. But yeah, no. If if qualifiers are done, then I'd I'd expect a patch. Um, something to kind of set the stage for the for the biggest tournament in the history of esports. In all honesty, I hope they release a patch before the battle. Like, if they're waiting for the battle pass to be over, then that would kind of suck. Because Battle Pass, I think, is for like a month more or something. So, really hoping yeah. for a patch. You know, reinvigorate that love for Dota. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why they would. Um, they would want to wait for the that Battle Pass to be over. That like, like, well, I'm not sure if you want to talk about the Battle Pass or not. But I, I think just to throw my two cents about this Battle Pass, it's it it feels a bit mis- misplaced almost. Kind of, it's it's a it's a Battle Pass that has no means to an end. Yeah, I think and, it was supposed anyway. to coincide with TI, right? But since they had yeah. problems with doing it on Sweden, it had to be delayed. So it does feel empty, like you said, the battle pass. Yeah. Um, I have disposable income, so I will probably <laughs> still buy up to Spectre. Uh, but that's about it. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you think they will? They will let you purchase? Because so. The Spectre Arcana is different from the other Arcanas because it, it was a voted Arcana, so it won, it won the Arcana vote. And normally what, hap- what Valve has done in previous years is that they've allowed players to purchase that Arcana mm-hmm. individually, right? So not, not having to grind through a battle pass or level up battle pass to get it, which is, un- which is very unique to this year where you have to do that. You have to buy the battle pass and you have to um, grind it up to the certain level in order to get that Spectre Arcana. So do you think that once the battle pass ends, if... Do you think they'll allow people to buy that Spectre Arcana individually, or only the people that bought the Battle Pass and leveled it up? Are um, be the ones that had access I to mean, it? they can. I don't think they will. Because usually yeah. with things like that, they would probably just give it like a, a prefix, like a, the Exalted Arcana or something like that, where you got it from the Battle Pass and then yeah, you could still it, sell it. But it. It, it it makes me it makes me a bit sad, but I guess it also highlights because I, I completely agree with you. I think they obviously they can. I don't think they will though, um, and I think the main reason they won't do it is because by incorporate it into the battle pass. If you do the math, you have to spend more money than the average cost of just buying the Arcana in previous years. Yep, for sure. Would have cost you right. So so they're making more money. They're they're incentivizing more people to participate in this battle pass, particularly when this battle pass, in my opinion, is pretty weak because it's not tied to TI. Right? There's there's no TI components to it, or there's no major component like major tournaments that that are tied to this battle pass. It's strictly it's the first battle pass ever that's just strictly a standalone battle pass. It's it's just random, honestly, randomly appeared, and I think. Valve is trying to tie the Spectre Arcana, this highly anticipated Spectre Arcana, to help promote sales of that battle pass. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I don't mind if it's not tied to a prize pool, because that's like how other games do it anyways. Yeah. Their battle passes. But 
it does feel weird that you know you could put it into like a major you could put it into uh just a tpc season or something right it does feel weird that for some reason they just they don't want to link it to anything they could yeah, they what? could put it into just making the tutorial you know? <laughs> spend a lot of you money need to be level, that. you need to be level 330 to get up there right and yeah. if you spend 53 Canadian dollars that will only get you the battle pass and 100 levels, right? And $53 was typically the price point, if I remember correctly, of past Arcanas. So it's it's almost, maybe not quite triple, but you're almost spending triple the amount if if you were just to buy your way to the Arcana than, than you would have if you want to buy, for example, the CM Arcana when it came out, or the Pudge Arcana when it came out, or the Rubric Arcana when it came out. So to, to me, to me, the fact that Dota's, like, it. And again, like as Dota grows and becomes more and more of, of a factor in people's lives, I can understand why these business components are, are coming out into the game, but it it is starting to have a bit of an effect on me in terms of how I'm starting to view this game as as so less of just this kind of great game that existed that allowed people to come together and, and starting to get taken over a bit, a bit more by the business aspects. Alright, fair enough, fair enough. Alright, so back to TI. We've got uh, quite a lot of teams. We have 18 teams. There's no wild card. At least they haven't announced that yet. That's also something they could do because it's been delayed. They could have like another tournament and say whoever wins this tournament should go to TI. <laughs> they could always do that. Yeah. Um, but I think there's like five uh, Chinese teams here. Three NA, two or like five Europe, I guess, including CIS, and so on and so forth. Has it always been eighteen teams, or was it? No, 16? it used to be sixteen teams and then two yeah. wild card teams. Yeah, so it but now it's just straight 18. eighteen teams with yeah. no no wild cards. Interesting. I don't know. I I, I don't think that change in the number of teams participating in, in the full TI tournament will honestly make a difference. I'm assuming they're what what what's the format? Is it group stage? I don't know if they've released the actual format of TI. But I'm guessing group stages will be round robin, two groups. Um, and then you get placed into winner bracket, loser bracket yeah. after that. And go from there. Cool. Yeah, I, I'm really excited. It's been a full year since we've seen the, the biggest tournament in Dota history underway. So I think this TI will definitely be one one to remember. And we have all the big names here too, right? Like, especially with OG, the, the defending champions, making it through the qualifiers. They'll be there. Secret. It's always a big contender, although they falter at TI a bit. You know, you got Evil Geniuses, you got your LGD, which has dominated the scene for the past two years. Um, Quincy Crew, the up-and-coming NA team. Those are the guys will be excited to see how they do. Um, Alliance. I think the only one that, you know, some people are dis- disappointed with are from the EU qualifiers, right? Nigma, yeah, Kuroki's team was, didn't qualify, and Liquid also yeah. didn't qualify. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, sucks for them. I don't know what to say. Like someone has to lose, right? So, well, two of them had to lose, right? Yeah, because like, yeah, those are the big three teams: OG, Liquid, and um, Nigma. Nigma, right? And one only one of them was going to get through, and that's assuming there's no upsets because there there were some big contenders as well. Like like who did OG face off in those grand finals? Uh, yeah, Tundra. Tundra almost Tundra, won. Tundra, yeah. Like like OG was one game away from not going to TI. One game, one game <laughs> right? Yeah. That's best of five. That was the best of five too, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's very well we could be seeing Tundra's photo on this qualifiers team. That's not OG, so I don't know. It, yeah. It's interesting. It, it does kind of raise the question because you look at who's going to TI, and I would say Nigma, Liquid, and arguably even Tundra are better than some of these teams that have qualified for TI, right? So it's you know kind of raises your question about like. What what should TI be? Should it really be the best of the best teams, regardless of representation from each region, or should it be a, a more representation on on a world stage? So making sure you do have rep, rep, teams representing, for example, Southeast Asia, or maybe some CIS regions um, that typically that typically host weaker teams compared to to some of the other bigger powerhouses like China or China or Europe, right? But I think either either way. We're gonna get great games, and and you never know, right? Remember that TI where where um D our digital chaos made that run all the way to the semifinals. I mean, no yeah. one saw them coming, right? <laughs> Same with Wings Gaming, the, the the TI they won. Again, these these just because I guess they're not these big powerhouse teams doesn't mean that they can't 
make their run and 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 make the dreams right. come true for those for those players. It's it, it's hard also to like come up with a fair way to do it, right? I mean, this is yeah. they did a DPC. That was the whole point. You get points while playing throughout the whole thing. Yeah, and it so. made it a bit more transparent as well, right? Exactly. That's one of the one of the reasons Valve went to to the DCP point system. So, so I guess for for those listeners that don't, that aren't aware, um, before TI, before the DCP seasons were announced and and implemented, um, Valve was just basically picking. I mean, they weren't picking teams out of thin air, they thin air, but th- there was no criteria that was presented to the public about how Valve was picking the teams. Valve would just say, "All right, secret." You're you're going to TI. You're getting a direct invite each year. Getting a direct invite, and and typically you would look at the pattern, and it'd be the teams that would have won the big tournaments over the year, right? They were getting the direct invites, but but it was never it was never qualified, right? It was never open to the public about what that scoring system was or what Vel was actually doing to say, oh yeah, you know this team gets a direct invite and this team has to go go through qualifiers or this team has to go through open qualifiers. It was never like that, and then I think that's one reason from a lot of the critique that Vel received was is one reason why they implemented this DCP program. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have a team that forms last minute. There's five like superstars in there. It's hard not yep. to say, well, they're they're probably gonna win the whole thing, right? And <laughs> give them an invite. But yeah, I mean, yeah. here it's very transparent. I think everyone knew right very early on that uh, Evil Geniuses, for example, was gonna get to TI no matter what. Uh, Alliance was, you know, kind of a weird thing because they were the top of Europe. But when it came to the majors, they really did not perform. Uh, but they still yeah. got enough points to get directly into TI. So, you know, I'm sure some changes will happen for the next uh, TI that will happen. But for this TI, we have 18 teams. I don't really want to go through each one and say, oh, you know, this guy, they might place here or there. I just want to hear, like, which teams are you rooting for? Which team do you think is gonna win, and which team do you think is gonna be like you know the underdog of the the whole thing, the dark horse? Yeah, as they would say. this is a fun question. So I'm a secret fan. I've 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 been a fan of Puppy since he was back on Navi way back in TI2, um, and I've kind of followed him ever since, right? So when he left when he left Navi, I I kind of followed him to his new team, which I forget what was, what that team was called. It was like the Secret or Secret Files or something like that. Um, and then before forming Secret, um, yeah. So so Aussie, I'll be cheering for Secret. Um, but the rational side of me has looked at Secret's performance in the last couple of tournaments, as well as their history at at TI, and it's it's always been underwhelming, right? So although I'll be cheering for Secret, I don't really expect them to do particularly well. I, they'll probably, in my opinion, probably place in the middle of the pack, right? Mm-hmm. So make. You know, they they make it seed into the lower bracket, or they make it seed into the upper bracket. But they'll probably only make it one or two series in before they get kicked out. Um, teams, I think, that actually have that, I wouldn't be surprised to see in the finals would be, um, I think, OGD. It's kind of hard not to say that they've they've been absolutely stellar these past couple of tournaments. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go very far. I, I think the big question mark is OG, right? Because they've been very hit or miss, in my opinion. The, yeah. the Anna, Anna returning, joining their team, and then retiring right off the bat, I think that was a bit of a... It was weird, in, in all honesty. As, as excited as it was to see Anna back back in that carry role for OG, it, it was a bit weird that he, he just comes back, he performs in a couple of tournaments, OG doesn't do particularly well, and then he leaves, right? Says he's retiring. So that was a bit weird, and and so I, although I know a lot of people are expecting great things from OG, I wouldn't be surprised if, if again, like Secret, that they have that potential, but they're that, but they may only make it halfway through the tournament, or one or two series into the tournament before they get knocked out. Um, who else is on there? Hey, what about you, Iger? Uh, well, so the team I want to succeed, but probably won't, is Alliance. Uh, just like you, you know, you're a big fan of Puppy. I'm a big fan of S4, hoping he gets a TI win again since mm. TI3. But like I said, whenever it came to the big uh, major tournaments, they they kind of failed. But you know, in just Europe alone by themselves, they were doing quite well. So I hope you know I'm not hoping for them to win the whole thing, although that would be great. I, I'm just I just hope they get to like top. Top eight, top six. That would be like, I think a huge yeah, that, achievement that, for me. Or I for think them. any team, 
any team making it that making it that high top six or higher i think would be a great achievement yeah. what are your thoughts on eg though eg like, is kind of like my is, team i think that's gonna win yeah th- this is this is the team that in my opinion has a better shot than secret although i think secret has the capability to outperform eg really like rtz like it is kind of the, the that that big that big asterisk on for me because he he's had you know everyone knows the RTZ curse right he where they they make it to the semifinals they make it to the, the grand finals but they they never win right they, they're always second place or always third place RTZ when was the last time he won a big title actually it may not be it may, actually actually may not be that may not be that far apart um actually it might, it might have been the last two two tournaments ago anyways I, I can't remember but moral stories is like it would be great if RTZ won a TI like like that. Oh man, I, I'd be so happy for him. It'd be such an accomplishment for him to finally be able to kind of clinch that title. It's it's like it's like Lionel Messi from from the soccer world finally winning that. Yeah, um, yeah, he finally won that world tournament. It'd be like that feeling for me, right? Except except in, in the EG stage. But I don't know, right? Like like for example, they're gonna have to beat eventually LGD because I think LGD is. Arguably the strongest team here in this roster, in my opinion. All these eighteen teams, uh, OGD probably has that. Is probably the ones to beat going into this tournament. Now, how often is it that the team that is going has to be beat, like that top team, is the one that actually wins? Not, not very common for these tournaments or TI, anyways. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think going back to your question, I, I want Secret to win. I don't think they'll win TI. I want EG to win. I don't think EG will win TI. I think statistically. OGD would be a good good team to say that yeah you know I think they'll win but I don't know like like there's there's other teams out there that that could pull pull a run like like again OG maybe they'll make a comeback maybe they'll be absolutely stellar they have that reputation right two time TI winners mm-hmm. never know um there's also yeah, T1 so, right because T1 they 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 were the one who won yeah. the last major the most recent yeah. one so yeah who who do they beat there they they beat um Evil Geniuses in that didn't they uh, I think it was T1 and Evil Geniuses, was it? I think they beat EG, they beat uh, one of the Chinese teams. I think it was LGD or Vichy Gaming. So, it was, it was def- it, it, I think it's more like the LGD than VG, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I think there's there's um, with the absence of Nigma and Liquid in this TI, I think we've see, we, we have an opportunity to see what some of these, what some people might call tier two teams or these these teams that aren't on that prestigious podium that's secret eg ogd enigma liquid are on to, to really see them perform and see see what they they can do against you know again in this big biggest tournament in the history of um dota 2 yeah one thing that i will hope is that you know the qualified teams uh, i don't want this to sound awful or anything but i hope they don't place well just because if they if these guys are the ones who didn't qualify by DPC points, right? So if they all kind of bomb, like let's say they were the last six teams in the whole thing, that kind of yeah. shows that the DPC system works. Like it kind of shows you that yeah, these guys deserve to uh, to be in TI. Whereas if the opposite happened, imagine if the qualified teams, you know, let's say two of them got to top six of TI. That means there's a problem in the DPC system, right? Because why are we inviting these teams if they're going to lose to these qualifier teams anyways? It, so I don't want to be yeah. rude to these teams because like, like you said, OG, uh, I'm a big fan of Elephant too because of FY. Oh, I know, right? Yes, but, Elephant. I will have my eye on Elephant. <laughs> but yeah, but I, you know, I, I would rather no, I, see DPC be a, a good system that's working rather than it not work and then Valve just goes, you know what, let's just do something else again and then change the whole thing all over. I, I, I see where you're coming from, but I do disagree a bit. Like, like first of all, we have to keep, like, like for those of you who've taken statistics or, or any type of statistical analysis, when you just look at one tournament and only using that that one tournament as your data point, like, that, like that, that gives the opportunity for these anomalies. So, for example, these qualifying teams that you would, that in theory should be weaker than the teams that got directly invited from really, from if they do outperform, it's going to have a much bigger impact on your overall looking at the standings. Um, because you're only looking, you're only taking into account one tournament, you're not taking into account all the terms that happened in that year. But I think if 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 it if that does happen, where for example, 
the the qualifying teams. Let's just say this is a scenario with qualifying teams. They're 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 usually the they're the first teams that drop out, right? If if they're the first ones to drop out, then it it does kind of make for a very predictable tournament. I mean, right? I think if it it doesn't matter to me if it's predictable. You know, if it was EG, LGD, and Secret that were top three, I wouldn't mind as long as the games are close. That's fine with me. I and, and that was going to be my closing point is like, as long as we get good Dota, oh, to me, it, it doesn't matter who's playing who. As long as we get good Dota, that's what really makes TI stand that's out true. to me. I, I remember, I don't, I can't remember if it was a tournament or if it was TI, but there was this one big tournament. It was either major or TI where there was no lower bracket. It was just one bracket. Um, and and there was this one team that, I, I can't remember their name, but there was this one team that, was lower ranked, right? So they, they were they didn't perform as well as some other teams, but they had a much easier road to that grand finals just based on how the brackets fell, right? They didn't have to face those big juggernauts of OG secret if, if they were even in those tournaments, um, EG or or the big Chinese powerhouses to get this underdog to get their way to the grand finals, right? Well, on the other side of the bracket, because again, there's only one bracket, there is no lower bracket. On the other side of the bracket was where all the big powerhouses were, right? So that was an absolute bloodbath for a team to fight their way through all these big powerhouses to make it to the grand finals. And it made for a very underwhelming grand finals, if I remember, because that 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 team that had the easy road there, they got absolutely destroyed once they finally once they finally were matched against a team that 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 had that that had that reputation of being of being good or being that powerhouse or being one of the dominant factors in the in the Dota scene. So yeah. so again, not not that this will happen for this TI because we have that lower bracket. The lower bracket provides more opportunities for teams to recover and and makes it more interesting. But but the point, I, the reason I'm bringing up the, that that example is that it it didn't make for a very interesting tournament, right? When when the games were just so. Like yeah, that one side of the bracket where all the powerhouses were, that was fantastic Dota, but but it, it created a scenario where where the semi where the semifinals, right? Or the quarterfinals, the series there were, were much better than, than the grand finals at that tournament. Just based on how the teams fell in their brackets. Yeah. Just to close this whole thing off, I guess with the tool TI is like we're hoping there is gonna be a patch. And we don't know how crazy the patch. I'm, I, I'm guessing it's not the craziest patch out there, but there will be a patch, and it might just be like you know, oh, this is like one of EG's top heroes that they always play that gets buffed, and now mm. they're the clear favorites. Or let's say it's a it's a strategy that OG always uses that gets yeah. buffed, and then now they're the clear favorites. Something like that. So we'll see. I'm not yeah. really hoping too much from the patch. I'm hoping though that Dawnbreaker gets added to Captain's mode. That's my big yes. uh, wish. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Right before TI, I I would suspect Dawnbreaker probably won't be added before TI. I think that upset the game a bit too much. Um, the the fact that we'll see Hoodwink at TI, I think I think that that alone will probably provide a lot of um, different and unique Dota than what we're used to seeing. Um, but don't you think it's weird that Dawnbreaker? There's a hero that's not going to be on TI. I mean, like, unless there was like a huge bug, why? Why is, is that? Is, isn't there? Well, it's just the uncertainty, right? Um, it's, it's it's the fact that they probably haven't worked out all the kinks to Dawnbreaker. Like whenever I play against Dawnbreaker, um, she still feels like a pretty strong hero to me, or or in some cases underwhelming. Um, so I, I think I think it's just Valve's way of trying to stop these um, kind of broken strategies from influencing. Again, one of the biggest tournaments in the history of Dota. Like, re- remember back when it was what? What was it? It was Pudge and Chen combo. This is way oh, back yeah. TI two, TI three, um, and, and I don't think this happened in TI, or maybe it did. But it was, anyways, during a tournament, um, Navi. So this is back when Dendi and that Secret. was TI. That was TI. Okay, TI so it was TI, right? And and for those of you that they may not remember this, but what you could do is you is as Pudge was throwing his hook. Chen could then send Pudge back to base. So when the hook connects to the enemy hero, Pudge is now teleported back to to your to that team's fountain, and that enemy hero is now dragged over to the fountain. Lands Pudge dismembers, and the fountain just wails on that enemy hero, right? And that had a huge effect on the game, like massive. Like yeah, it, they would have lost. Navi would have lost that game. Exactly. Sure. Navi was in a very poor position until they threw and so they started doing that combo, and and then and then they just won the series, right? Um. So, 
that's that's why some heroes I mean, I don't think any heroes or, or any strategies are in that situation where where that type of broken mechanic exists right now. But but that's the scenario that I think Valve is really trying to mitigate, or at least try to mitigate to some degree by non-Queen all heroes. But with that said, I'm pretty sure like this isn't the first TI where all heroes haven't been available, right? Is it usually every TI there's usually not a hero that's that's pickable? Uh, like I mean, there would be Ricky. like heroes who haven't been ported yet from Dota One, but in terms of like a TI where you know this hero is not in Captain's draft, I think this is the yeah. first one. I, I could be oh, wrong. Really? Like I don't have I've, the data for it, but I thought for years Ricky wasn't in Captain's draft, but maybe that's just maybe just false memories I'm drawing on. There was a time um, when they took out Ricky in out of Captain's draft when um. You know when when they keep changing his ulti and his tricks of the trade, yeah. as like like whether whether the invisibility is level one or not. I think they always uh, took him out of um, captain's draft when that happened. Uh, but for the yeah. TI of that year, like maybe a major was missed by a hero. Oh, 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 but, oh definitely majors. But I don't majors. think for a TI that there yeah. was like a hero who wasn't in the pool. Yeah, I mean, no, that, that that very well could be the case. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to see Dawnbreaker at TI, right? Yeah. But do you really want the first tournament for a new hero to participate in being that prestigious tournament of TI? Or or would you prefer it to be more in a major? They just make right? another tournament. <laughs> yeah, three months. <laughs> just two, uh, two TIs back-to-back? There, there, yeah. There's no way they're doing that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Dawnbreaker also doesn't have an AGS yet. Uh, I can't remember oh, if when they point. added the Ags to Hoodwing is when they also added her to Captain's mode. I don't think so, but yeah, well, whatever. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely interesting. We'll we'll see we'll see what happens. But I I guess going back to the root of your question, I I don't think I think there will be a patch before TI, but I don't think it will be a big patch. It won't be an overhaul patch. For example, when they added neutral items, right? Yeah, or when they added shrines, or when they added. Oh, what were some other big factors, or when they took out, like for example, some items and stuff like that? I don't think it'll be more tweaks, right? Because I I don't think you want to shake up the 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 feeling of Dota or shake up the game too much before again Ti okay. starts to um. Well, okay, around. so let's say you know Ti happens, some team yeah. wins. What kind of patch would you like? Like, what kind of crazy thing do you think they're gonna do? Like, I mean, I two Roshans or something. <laughs> No, there's no way. But I, oh, that's, that's a good question because whenever they do those big upheavals, I never see it coming. Right, like I had no idea that neutral items were going to be a thing, um, sure. or when they added the backpacks, or when they added the shrines. Um, but I, I think it's important that they do, that they do find something on that level because that because the fact that Dota is constantly changing and they're adding they're adding new heroes, they're changing the mechanics, they're changing the meta, right? So going from, for example, the zoo meta, where you have a bunch of um, either basically subunits or, or or controllable units, um, or or whether it's a, a push meta or or a more of a farming and late game style meta, I think. That's what makes Dota interesting, and that's what keeps players playing year after year after year. I mean, I've been playing this game for almost, what was it, 2013 is when I started? So seven, eight, eight, eight years now, right? And, and one of the reasons I've stuck around for so long, um, aside from the social factors of being able to play with you know your friends and family, was the fact that the game doesn't feel stale. Or, or when it does feel stale, it doesn't stay like that for too long. And I do think after TI... Um, the game will feel stale because you've had over 50 or maybe over 100 games played at TI and and you've seen the best of the best work through that game so vigorously that kind of the ins and outs will be will be will be found within the game and there won't be any new surprises or any new quirks to to exploit or or to utilize and to to address that Valve is going to have to do an overhaul which is I think why we see these big patches drop after TI eventually so in terms of what I I could see them doing, um, yeah, hard hard to say. They'll, they'll definitely they'll definitely move around the jungle camps. They'll definitely change up the map map a bit. Maybe they'll move Roshan Pit, right? Remember, it used to be in the bottom left or bottom right, and now it's in the top yeah. left. Um, maybe they so they might move Roshan. Um, they might. I wouldn't be surprised if they add shrines back into the map, right? Or oh, right, or maybe. Or, <laughs> I know, right? I know, right? But. But it's it's those types of big overhauls that I'd expect them to see. But really, what I would expect, what I am 
trying to predict. I mean, I, I can't really predict what they're going to do. I, I've I've never been right before, and I have no reason to expect that I'd be right now. Yeah, I mean, it's the craziest kind of like change. Like when Talons got added, like <laughs> yeah. what was that? Like Agnum Shard. Tree. Like I know, right? And then every hero like got Agnum Shard. Yeah, so I th- there will be a big overhaul. There's no question about that. But as far as what it could be, I, I mean, who knows? It will be game changing, though. What about uh? I, this could be one of the minor changes, but lots of people complaining about Aeon Disk. Thoughts on it? I would be surprised if there isn't a change of some sort to Aeon Disk. Um, whether or not they, they keep the item but change its abilities. So instead of being, was it invulnerable for the two or three seconds that maybe it just increases, provides you with a hard break and, and I don't know, maybe static, 80% static resistance or something like that, like something like Ursa. Um, you know, they, they there will be some sort of nerf to it, I think, um, or they could just remove it straight from the game. But yeah, I, I think they will address Aeon Disc. There's been enough critique on that item that I think Valve can't really ignore it. Um, other other minor stuff, though, is it kind of comes more around to the heroes that have really peripherated in this type of um, Dota environment. So Puck is the one that comes to mind. I mean, you can play that here in the offlane, you play her mid. Um, arguably, you can even get her as a support, right? As she can slowly transition to more of a core. Uh, so Puck has really been a good hero in this last patch. So I'd expect something to happen to 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 Puck's abilities, or maybe Puck's play in the game. Who else? Yeah, like Lesh has been up there as well. But I, I like really when it comes down to what heroes or what items or what strategies are going to get nerfed, a lot of it's going to get dictated by TI, in my opinion, and mm, and, and what sure. what happened in TI because inevitably there's going to be a strategy. There's going to be two or three heroes that are going to break out in TI that all teams are either going to ban or pick in the first phase. And those heroes are, are where I'd suspect the developer Valve is going to stick their attention to and be like, all right, why are these heroes getting first phase picked or first phase banned or what or what items are getting rushed or getting picked up on all heroes regardless of their support or carry or, or something like that. And then those are where the attention is going to be taken to, to try to address and rebalance the game. I, I do I do think... There, there will be a shift in the meta, though, because I mean, that's kind of, yeah, exactly. That, that, that's that's kind of one of the criteria, in my opinion, for for fending off the stale, like the staleness that Dota can can become, right? So, you know, when we talked about our our big overhauling patches, like the meta, the one of the goals of those overhauling patches is to change the meta, and and I'd be curious to know what you think the meta is right now, Iger. Do you think it's become more like a pushy? Nuki lineup. The meta, meta right or is now it, or is, is kind of more of a late game. I think the meta right now is get a Manta style carry and push with it, and then just get second Roche and end the game. I think that's the oh. biggest way to. A little end. bit of a side tangent. Going going back to my rank games, uh, I had a core PA that went Manta style. What are, what are your thoughts on PA going Manta style? I've done <laughs> it before. <laughs> there's uh i don't know if it's a bug or a feature or whatever like uh pa has a level 20 talent that has minus three armor or something whenever yeah. she attacks yeah uh yeah. for some reason that thing works on illusions so if you have manta you can get minus nine minus armor nine. with yeah. it so i've done it before in terms of would i get that instead of it's battle expensive. fury it's expensive for uh, just minus I always nine armor. get I always get Battle Fury is the thing. Yeah. I totally. think the non Battle Fury version is a lot stronger. Like going Deso and Ags is really strong on PA as well, but I always want to yeah. farm with PA when I whenever I play her, so Yeah, no, I, I agree. But yeah, that, that kind of blew my mind. Um yeah. That our core PA went Manta style, straight into BKB. Um because uh, at first I thought she was getting Manta just to um you know, purge off a silence or purge off some lockdown. So, but anyway, a yeah, bit of a tangent. But but yeah, it's 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 those types of bugs that that you'd expect um, Valve to kind of tweak maybe before TI, right? So so maybe they'll adjust PA's talent so that the the stackability of that minus three armor doesn't happen with Lucians, mm. as an example. Yeah, it's just I think the biggest meta right now is you pick Luna, you pick Terrorblade. These heroes that are really strong once you get Manta or Medusa as well. Uh, and then, you know, you get the first Roche, uh, other team is scared of you. So you get like a 2,000, 3,000 gold lead from that Roche. 
and you get the second Roche with the cheese, with the Aghanim shard, and that's when you try to end the game, is how I see um, Dota being played. That's why whenever we play Dota now, I always am looking at, can we try to get the first Roche early so that we can get the second Roche earlier than normal? You know, yeah. that's kind of like how I am viewing the game. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Lash is strong because you can deal with the Manta Illusions very easily. Yeah. Uh, as another thing. Meanwhile, heroes like Monkey King or, um, in a sense, uh, Juggernaut have been less favored. Juggernaut, not so much because Juggernaut can still make um, uh, Manta. But Monkey King never really went Manta, you know. Yeah. Because if you go Battle Fury on these uh, heroes, that's a farming item. But Manta is also a farming item. Uh, but you can also yeah. fight with Manta, whereas you can't really fight with just a Battle Fury. So yep. you're a bit yep, behind right. in your timing is what happens. Uh, yep. yep, I agree. I agree. I, th- I think that's kind of where the, the meta sits right now. Um, is more of this kind of it's it's not really a hard i, I don't want i hesitate to say push meta because it's, it's not really because we've seen push metas in the past where you get your luna and your beast mass and just run down mid win the game right um but but there's definitely push like pushy aspects to it as well as um brawly it's kind of like this blend of push brawl where, where you want a team fight you want to push lanes you want to group up and, and run around as five um and then less of less of kind of the, the rat dota or the um or the play for the late game type Dota. Yeah, I guess the big thing is in the major. Uh, this is just from my hindsight. No one picked Meepo, which is usually a strong uh, hero, right? Like would often yeah. be like a cheese hero at least. You would see Meepo yeah. played once or twice, but the fact yeah. that Meepo was never banned, was never picked, is a bit alarming because usually Meepo is a sign that. If a game is going well, you can just snowball the game really hard. Um, so it's, I don't it's know. hard. It's hard to use Meeple as like Meeple's pick or ban ban rates as a way to kind of analyze the meta or, or Dota in particular because, like you said, Meeple's just such a he's such a niche, such a kind of cheese pick that it's it's kind of hard to slot him in anywhere. Um, and I, I guess where I'm going with this is. Like, I mean, what what I'll say is, like, uh, the the spirit heroes got picked, and Meepo is a yeah. known like hard counter to all the spirit heroes. It's just it's just the issue of Meepo is that once you lose your lead, right? So so for those of you out there that maybe not aren't familiar with Meepo, um, Meepo's biggest strength is the fact that he can farm very quickly, and he can get. A lot of levels, a lot of experience, so he can level up really quickly. And that kind of puts him in this position, almost similar to Alchemist, where because he's ahead of the enemies, he, he therefore is stronger, and and, there, and therefore your team kind of group around you, you can kind of push and win the game. Um, usually that's how I see people game played, at least at least in my games, I'm sure. And sure in high rank games, maybe the strategy is a bit different, but typically that, that's kind of just the Meepo. And the issue is that once you fall behind, similar to Alchemist, like once Meepo doesn't have that experience lead or doesn't have that gold lead anymore or maybe not not, not so the gold is more of experience but but once he once meeple doesn't have that edge then it becomes harder to really do what you want with that hero so so where i'm going with this is that when i see meeple getting picked in big tournaments like majors or ti's it's usually never the big name teams right like the the powerhouses it's never the uh, like yeah eg will kind of pick it up every now and then back when they had um uh, who was that eg eg player that played meeple Abed, yeah, well, Abed's still there on the team, but yeah, yeah. So, so maybe EG will pick it up, but you'll never see like a like an OG like. But you, but normally when I, I guess what I'm getting at is normally when when I see people getting picked up, it's it's the it's the qualifier team or it's it's the it's the teams that aren't as strong. They're not the powerhouses, right? So, for example, the Beast Coast picking them up. I think I've seen a couple of games where Beast Coast have picked picked up that hero, or or maybe um. Oh uh, no! Other teams already come to my mind, but it's 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 usually it's usually the the lower the the teams that aren't that don't have that reputation of being a powerhouse or being that kind of the driving teams in the in the meta. And I, I I would I'm one I wonder if maybe that's you know maybe that kind of indicates kind of just meatball in general. It's just it's kind of this high risk high reward hero. And when and when you don't have maybe when you're not as skilled or you're not as 
um, you don't have the experience of, the, of these other high experience teams and maybe you rely more on these, um, these, these kind of cheese heroes in order to help you progress and, and progress through the tournament. Uh, I mean, I would agree with you if Nepo got banned. Because then you see, oh, th- this could be a dangerous Meepo game. You know, the chance of them winning because if they pick Meepo here would be like five to ten percent higher. Yeah. In case they cheese us, but the fact that Meepo doesn't get banned at all, I think, is a big signifier. Because you're I mean, right. Like, you if you're scared of a team that they can maybe just cheese their way out of victory, uh, where they can't really, you know, play a yeah. fair match against you, you would ban Meepo against them. But yeah. if you have last pick on the tournament or on the game, right, on the draft, and you are fighting a spirit hero, you're fighting like these greedy heroes that could be like Dusa or things like that, you see a Meepo, usually it's a good pick. And you know, what, a team would have tried it, is what I'm trying to say. A yeah. team would have tried it. But right now, even teams are not seeing Meepo. Um, can you pick? I'm I'm pretty sure Meepo will be picked at least once in TI. But... Yeah, I'd be surprised if if we don't see at least one Meepo. But I also wouldn't be surprised if we see no Meepos in the later stages of the tournament, right? So once once you get into your quarterfinals and your semifinals, I'd be surprised if you see Meepo up that high. But yeah, de- definitely if if they if uh, TI decides to have a group stage, I forget how they've done in the past. It's been so long, but I yeah, I'd expect to see Meepo a couple times in the group stage, but. I guess to continue this conversation maybe a bit before we wrap it up, um, do you think the heroes that typically counter Meepo are also the heroes that are benefiting from the current meta in Dota? For example, let's think of Puck. Right? I think Puck is usually a, a decent hero against Meepo, right? You have your AoE lockdown, you have your AoE silence, um, so you can kind of hold Meepo in place. Um, Lesh, I'm not sure what your thoughts are on Lesh and countering Meepo. Um, maybe not as much because does does Meepo have higher natural magic resistance? No, they got rid of that. Oh, they got rid. Of, okay, yeah. So then, Lesh is definitely a, a hero that can kind of maybe not. I mean, probably not win one v one against Meepo, but can provide the control and the AOE damage you need against Meepo to really stop the Meepo from taking over the game, right? And again, like so, the, those two heroes, for instance, the Pucks and the Leshes. I mean, if you have those heroes on your team, do you really care if the enemy picks Meepo? I think the right. only like, like really like what, what really I'm hard. Is, what I'm getting at is, do you think there's ever? Do you think likelihood of there being a good Meepo game naturally occurring, where where it'd be valid to actually pick Meepo as your fifth pick? Do you think that's that's even happening? Because if that's if that situation is never occurring, then it would make sense why Meepo is not getting picked or or not even getting banned. What's the point of banning a hero when you already have the counters on your team? I think the only two heroes that like really hard counter of Meepo in terms of like uh, because these heroes are not mid. You, so the first thing you look at is the mid matchup, right? When you're yeah. play, playing Meepo. And you're only going to pick Meepo if you're going to have last pick anyways. So you yeah. already know who the enemy mid laner is. Uh, so before even going to that, I think the only heroes you're really scared of as Meepo right now is Axe because Axe with Shard yeah. does a lot of damage. And yeah. maybe a Bristleback. Even then, I'm not really too sure about the whole... Like, in pubs, Bristleback counters Meepo. I don't think that's even true in um, in uh, competitive. But, you know, Earthshaker was never picked uh, in the last major. Uh, I think DK is a, such an easy matchup for Meepo uh, oh, as an offlaner. And DK has been being picked so many times. Yeah. Um, Mars no, is not really although, a problem for Meepo. Timbersaw is not a problem for Meepo. Um, yeah. I would say even Luna is not... like Your timing on Meepo is so much better than Luna's, I think. Oh, yeah. That yeah you should I, be I destroying agree. these. Faceless Void can't do much against you because you can't burst him and then he can't time walk uh, at all during Meepo. Yeah. Like, there, there has to be situations when Meepo is not a... Like that, Meepo is a good pick, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I I don't know. I I see where you're coming from, but but like I I also wouldn't be surprised if it's just it's just not the Meepo meta, right? And, well, it's, but, like the thing is, like Huskar is getting picked, right? And Huskar is the same thing. It's like a cheese pick, where yeah. you know they have to have certain conditions met. You know, Oracle is getting picked pretty common, anyways. Uh, Dazzle yeah. not so much, but no one cares about Dazzle. But Oracle Huskar. Proven to be strong, uh, but no, uh, no one is, uh, no one's trying Meepo. But people have tried Huskar yeah. and stuff. So, 
Let's see. All right. Um, any, uh, we'll just end it here, I guess. Any hot takes on what is the surprise hero that you think? Okay. Like, like just name me a hero that you think is going to be like this big wow factor that a lot of people weren't expecting. Which hero do you think it would be? You think you th- like you could say Arc Warden, for example, if you think Arc Warden. Is. <laughs> oh, I don't. I I want to say Arc Warden, but I I don't think so because every time I see Arc Warden get picked in any program, they lose. I I would like if you pull up the last two tournaments that were played. I think Arc Warden got picked three or four times, and I'm pretty sure he lost every single game. I don't know if you want. There was like a hundred minute game, a hundred ten minutes or something with Arc Warden. Uh, the way that Arc Warden loses the game is so funny. <laughs> he Buso travels onto uh, Dragonite who's flying, and yeah. he ports into the cliff so he can't uh, move. <laughs> he he dies himself there. and he can't get back. Yeah. Or the, or the enemy. Yeah. Uh, he even had like a like the swift blink or whatever, but. Uh, he got it got canceled. It was just so <laughs> funny watching it. Like, oh no! A hundred ten yeah. minute game, you lose because of that. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. No. But no. I, I actually don't. Arc Warden won't won't break out. It's the game. The game. The pace of the game is way too long for Arc Warden in, in a pro scene to to really have get that get to the status you need. Arc Warden would be in order for him to carry the game. So I don't know. I. <laughs> I'll tell you my hot pick. My hot pick right. is either Clinks or Sniper. Are the, either two of them are gonna gonna get picked like way more often than you would think, like like twenty games, you know, of these heroes is what I'm thinking. Uh, Does Axe count? Axe? You could say Axe, but I think Axe I is mean, fairly popular right now. Yeah, he like like Axe went through a pop like got very popular and then kind of fell off and then kind of came back a bit in the in the last major with with some mixed successes. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if if teams kind of figure out the Axe strategy and and really utilize that in TI. So that that's the hero that kind of came to my mind. Um, but other than that, it's it's probably going to be. I mean, like I may not be able to name a hero, but I think it's going to be. A hero that's in the like a position four, position five, position four, position three type hero, one mm-hmm. one of those kind of temple controllers or or or, or team fight controllers. Um, usually, those are the heroes that kind of break out in popularity at TI, in my opinion, okay. just because just because okay. of the value they offer to to the to the t- to the team. Yeah, I uh, wouldn't be surprised if Vengeful goes up in stock uh, because. <laughs> It was weird to me that Faces Boy got picked so many times, but people just didn't pick Bench. Is that such an easy like counter to it? If you think about it like that, I think I think one of the issues of Venge is what she brings to the table, right? Like like if, if you're if you're picking Venge to counter Faces Void for the sole reason that you can just swap someone out of Chrono, it's like heroes like heroes in the pro scene anyways have to do more than just that one factor mostly, right? Because swap once once Venge is done. Once Venge has done that, um, she she has a very short duration stun and maybe a bit of minus armor and and that's kind of it, right? And there, there's other heroes that you could pick that could have a bigger impact that could do more than Venge. So for example, like a Shadow Demon or uh, or heck, even, even an Oracle like you said earlier, right? And then you, and then you get the other good utility that comes with those heroes and not just what Venge offers. But I do think a Venge has transitioned more into a core. Uh, I, rather than support. Yeah, uh, I, I would I would agree with that as well. Like but, I wouldn't be throw, surprised if Venge got yeah. picked as uh, no. core. Yeah, so, definitely yeah. a possibility. I mean, there, there's issues with core Venge as well, right? And it kind of falls in the same reasons as why she may not be a good support is that there's just better cores out there that do things better than what Venge does. Um, I, like, like Venge's viability as a core, in my opinion, comes down to her eggs, right? Um, the fact that she kind of gets that two lives. But particularly in a pro scene, I mean, you know, is, is that five, five K item, you know, what that five K item does for Venge, is that really worth it compared to what a five K item would do on another core? Right. True. 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 I mean, we'll see. Can't yeah, wait. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, exactly. See right. That's the glory. <laughs> That's the thing about TI. The, the one thing that is certain about TI is that you never know what's going to happen, right? You never know if one of the underdogs are going to take it all the way to the grand finals. You never know if this one hero that was never on the map, that was never on anyone's radar, is suddenly going to break out or, or a new item that 
or not a new item, but just just an item that, that rises in popularity and, and is given a lot more value than, than it originally was throughout the rest of the year. So I think this is one of the things that really makes TI um, kind of magical is, is you never really know what's going to happen. We shall see in three or so months, <laughs> however know, long. Right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Until then, uh, Justin and I will be waiting for the patch, hoping, praying for it. Yep. Uh, I have been your host, Iger. I have been your scuba diver for today. And once again, I was with Justin. Thank you so much. And we will see you all next time. Yep. Take care.